do you want me to open up this? Am I doing the whole thing? Am I the master of the show, should we say? <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is exactly where we're starting. Yeah, I think this is our opening right here. Because I don't believe in being formal, apparently. Hi, I'm Jaden Holland, and my message today <laughs> is nothing. We're playing a game. Um, we're playing a fun little one-page game, and it is called Grin, or Grind, or I don't know, it's G-R-I-N. So, <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, grin in my opinion, right? But like, that's, is that scary? I don't know. Is it grin? Like the font maybe? is scary. Yeah, the font is a little freaky. I'll give you that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a simple one-page rule. It's another one of our holiday specials. We're doing this one in conjunction with Halloween, just like we did um, Dadlands with Christmas. Um, but I'm just gonna kick into the rules if we're good with that. Do it up. Yeah, so it's super simple. You play with a deck of cards. If you have anybody under um, four people, you take out four cards. It helps balance the game a little bit more. You put one joker in the deck. When they pull a joker, they die or they go insane. So you usually pull that in a moment whenever there's like something that they're doing with meaningful consequences. Probably going up the stairs isn't going to kill someone. But, you know, if they're trying to fight off an alien, that's a more reasonable moment. Um, they can draw up to three cards for more extreme situations. Uh, and then the only other rules are that if you get face cards, they, um, require you to draw another card. So it's just a draw again, steps up the issue. And if you do manage to get an ace, you're allowed to keep it in front of you and you can spend it to either reduce the amount of draws you need to do for an action that's given to you, or you can give it to someone else to increase the number of draws they have to take on their turn. (laughs) And when you have to draw an like extra number of cards, if any of those are the Joker, it fails, right? Like yeah, yeah, you're yeah. you're dead right at that moment. Yeah. It don't matter if you got three more cards to draw. <laughs> yeah, All right. That's the whole thing. Um, I'm gonna pull my ruin here for a little moment. How's everybody doing this evening? <laughs> uh, I feel like that was slightly condescending. <laughs> I'm doing great now. Uh, <laughs> I was fine. Until <laughs> this personal attack. No, I'm doing great. Uh, I love the moments where we do holiday specials. I even love that I get to be a player in them. It's just a nice little treat for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, since Jody doesn't want to say how he's doing, I guess we'll get into this. <laughs> That's how he's doing. Shut your pie hole. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to play, damn it. Yeah, I'm just here to play. I'm excited to play. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, uh, I guess we might as well get into it. So, oh, I'm going to give everyone a little rundown. I have set a hard timer for this game. We have an hour and 15 minutes, which I will be starting as soon as I um, get into this moment here. So, there is a hard timer, and I hope these guys are ready to solve this issue really fast or face imminent doom. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Starting my timer. Good. We're going. Okay. I love Doom. (laughs) Now let me set the scene for you. We live in a future where we have just started space travel. I'm assuming mostly for mining asteroids or the like. And we haven't really figured out how we're going to keep running these ships. We're at the point where we're not sure about fuel anymore. And we're running out. And your crew is an absolutely amazing entrepreneurial group that took a, um, a meteor hauler and 
and retrofitted it to go to Jupiter to extract liquid H2 from the atmosphere. And you're going to make it big on the hydrogen market. You guys think that you might be the first people in what will soon be a hydrogen rush. As soon as they steal what your engineer came up with to extract the gas, which they'll figure out in no time. They just need to look at it once. It's nothing crazy. It's just a brilliant idea. And next thing you know, you guys will be competing with everyone on the market. But this this is your chance to make it big. I like it. Hell mm-hmm. yeah. Um, we have our crew. I'm going to get everyone to quickly introduce themselves. We have the three players, each playing a characters. And I will be handling two until I might have to hand them off to one of the other people. We'll see how that goes. Um, who wants to introduce themselves? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, I am playing Frank, the extraction operator. Extractor mm-hmm. operator. Yeah, extractor operator. He is in the high risk area. He gets dropped into the sky to run the machine and the you know the finer points down in, and you know get that pump going, get that H two up into the into the tanks. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm like Bruce Willis in Armageddon. You know, just Ooh. drop me in there. Mm-hmm. Good movie. <laughs> uh, I am playing Brian McLaughlin. I am the communications and data technician. Very important. Very important. Yeah. I, I assume uh, I communicate back to base and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, I as much as you can. <laughs> yeah, you you have a thirty three minute delay um, between getting your your um, information to Earth, so there is quite a long time. Oh, yeah. But you do the best you can with it. Yep. Uh, and I'm playing Max, the ship chemist, who's got pretty nasty burns on his hands and face from lighting a solid rocket booster by hand to get people off of a ship that was going to go down. Nice. Yeah, just the kind of guy you want on a, you know, a, a cutting edge groundbreaking expedition that you don't know how it's going to go. And on top of it, probably <laughs> the guy you want testing your for purity. He probably knows his, you know, his stuff, I bet you. <laughs> I wanted to use a different word there, and that's why I totally lost all my steam, but whatever. <laughs> Knows his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds real good, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's dive in. So we're going to open up the scene here. Um, your crew has just uh, um, completed the first leg of the journey. You guys are already in orbit of Jupiter. You're ready to start the extraction. You've done almost all of the prep work. Um, you've checked all the equipment. You've made sure the sensors have calibrated. Oh, I didn't introduce my two characters, but the engineer, whose name is Nick, just Nick, um, has already went over the cab, checked all the rivets and all that stuff. And the captain, Roger Garfield, he has went over all of the, um, all of, you know, I don't know what he would need to do, but whatever the captain of a ship needs to do when they're extracting, he's going to do from the command deck, which is probably kind of control the ship, but you'd assume that would all be automated at this Mm -hmm. point. Um, So... He's probably mostly just, you know, a fancy hood ornament, but he's here to help. <laughs> um, yeah. So you guys have had all the che- uh, equipment checked, and the only thing you guys have left to do now is a safety meeting, which as we're going to open up into just kind of wrapping up right now. And we're going to open up on Captain Roger Garfield. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Now I forgot what voice I was going to do, but it's low <laughs> and kind of raspy. That's it. That's totally not the voice I did, but it's a new voice and I like it. So I'm Captain Roger Garfield, and I just want to say to everybody that that should be the last of the meeting. I, I know we've uh, been over it a hundred times, and the voice has already changed, so who knows? That's just a raspy kind of thing. It'll be whatever. You know, I got something in my throat. <clears> throat> uh, um, uh, I appreciate you guys listening to this. I know we've been over it a hundred times over the last 
you know, two and a half months getting out here, but, you know, safety's key. I want us getting back in ship shape with all this money that we're going to be making. Um, but before we all head off to our stations, uh, any last minute questions or concerns? Uh, Frank's going to be like by the door. Like he never actually sat down because he thinks this is a waste of his time. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, he knows what he's doing. He's been in that extractor a few times. And this guy clearly doesn't know what he's doing because he's never had to be in the extractor. Brian is, uh, he's listening, but he's also, like, flipping through his reports and everything. Just making sure that everything, like, running the numbers one more time. He's, like, super nervous energy, and it, like, it makes him, like, paranoid that he's, like, made a mistake or something. So he's going through everything one more time while still, like, listening a little bit. Fair enough, fair enough. Oh, well... Yeah, I mean, I guess we all know what we're doing. Who you guys? Why would you guys have any questions or concerns? Whatever, I didn't leave space for this or nothing. Don't worry about it. Um, well, that should be all. I just, I think we all keep a cool head out there, and we should come out just fine and richer than we could have ever imagined. I think this is a brilliant idea we got going here, guys. Um, so let's head out to our stations, and we'll get this underway. Um, so yeah, as he says that, you guys all break off. You all know where you're going. The Abigail is not a massive ship. You guys have lived on it for the last two and a half months. You know it probably better than you know the back of your hand. Um, but yeah, so you each head off. The captain goes to the helm where he's going to probably do nothing and talk in his weird raspy voice to himself. Um, the engineer is going to go up to the secondary uh, extractor cockpit and just get everything handled there. Um, chemist is busy in the lab prepping all of the reagents so he can test the purity of the hydrogen that they're going to be pulling in. Um, the extraction operator is obviously hopping his cab, getting it all prepped. Um, and yeah, comms and data, since he doesn't have anything specifically to do at this moment, he's in the med bay prepping oh, the dock okay. bot, just making sure. Cause you know, stuff might go bad and Fair. you know, he doesn't know how to actually do any of the stuff, but that's why you guys got the robot. He's just getting her set up. Okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Apparently he also does IT even though he's called comms and data, but I figure he's kind of the he's just like the overall computer nerd on the ship. Mm. So yeah. Scotty. I mean there's only five people, so you guys gotta probably be pretty diverse in your skill sets, you'd hope. Yeah. Yeah, but if um, anyone do anything specific in their stations or is it just getting ready? Uh mm. yeah, just kind of going over, making sure that like all of our um like medical materials are like properly battened down. I'm sure. Like, I assume there's a little bit of. I don't know if it's turbulence in space because there's no air. Uh, but like, the ship will probably shake a little bit as we're like extracting and things. So just making sure everything's like tied down, not going to bounce around anywhere. Um, yeah, that kind of jazz. I'm going to run a diagnostic check on the fire suppression systems in the lab, and have like a breathable oxygen mask around in case we need to pull the oxygen out of the room to stop a fire from the hydrogen. Nice. That's a great idea. Uh, Frank would be making sure of two things. Number one is that he had all his tools, anything that he would need um, to to make it successful. Like, I know he runs the extractor, but I assume that he'd have tools for, like, repairs and stuff. Um, and then the second one is just, like, making sure the extractor is actually like, you know, like, doing his once-over and making sure everything's tip-top shape. Mm-hmm. yeah that's fair like i said he's getting dropped out he's the only guy that's at like any like super high risk during this whole process i guess unless the whole ship gets pulled out of the sky or something like that but he gets mm-hmm. dropped 
down into the atmosphere where there is, you know, especially in Jupiter, there's quite a few storms. So he is in the potential high risk moment and stuff like that. So, yeah, I wouldn't blame him for going over it very thoroughly because it's pretty much his spacesuit out in that area. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's, obviously he has a suit. So making sure, like, no leaks and things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does have a bit of an emergency suit. They're not as bulky because, like, a full suit that you would need in this circumstance in this circumstance would be significantly too bulky to operate. But he does have, an, in case of an emergency, a mass that he can slap over and survive in any situation that they would need to by the time that they could pull him up for a quick rescue. Okay, so yeah, you, you guys all get to your stations, and you all know what you're doing. You've practiced this a ton of times. I mean, hell, it's half of what you've been doing on this trip here. You don't have much else to do um other than lift weights but who does that anymore who needs muscle tone and bone definition in space definitely not brian (laughs) um but yeah so you guys all know what you're doing and you you get underway and it's pretty smooth sailing you drop the extractor into the right area and you're pulling up the chemist does some quick tests you're getting pretty pure stuff i mean you're getting roughly like 90 percent liquid h2 amazing you know what the market of that is it's amazing that's liquid gold i mean that's better than liquid gold as far as you guys are concerned you just see the dollar signs rolling up you know that you guys have bills to pay you just retrofitted this ship you took quite a bit of loan to get it done but you guys just know that there's money to be made here um uh yeah and it just keeps rolling no major issues you guys get about halfway through your extraction you're kind of at roughly a 52 percent kind of point and you guys hear an alarm go off really loud, pretty intense. The captain quickly goes and shuts it down and he comes over the mic. Um, well, we've got a little bit of an issue here, guys. Uh, we got we got a storm coming in and I, I don't really know how else we're going to do this. I only see three options. We had to pull it up right now. And I think by what we've got, we'll just break even. Like we're not getting this ship out of the dry dock when we get home, but we'll make it home and we'll pay off our debts. We could push it a little bit. Try and just get them out just before the storm hits. That way we could probably afford a secondary trip. Who knows? Maybe we got a little extra on there to split. Don't know why I totally dropped into my own voice, so I'm going to get back down into a raspy voice. I don't do voices. I'm a Captain Tough guy. <laughs> he said he had throat issues. Leave him alone. <laughs> yeah, don't make, don't make fun of me, guys. You know I'm tough. Come on. Um, or we go full ways here. I say we go and we push it. We just take it to the last minute. And we just see whatever we can get here. We came here to get rich. We didn't come here to get, you know, peas. But I do think we should probably vote, especially with Frank down there. If you got to be willing to go and push it, if we're going to say we're going to push it. So starting with. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I should start with this because being that I'm in it, I've obviously been in a situation like this before. I would like to like take a second and use my professional judgment to see if this is something I think is appropriate. Like, should I push it? Could I push it? Um, you're not known for being the scared type in these situations. You've Mm -hmm. ran through a bit of storms. You've never maybe taken it to like the maximal storms you could probably go in. This is still pushing it. This is kind of new territory. You guys are doing a pretty brand new thing, but you've been in other areas to know that if you're here to make money, you're usually willing to push it a little bit further. And you, from what you feel at this moment, what you would know, you think that it's not safe. You wouldn't recommend it, but you did come here to make money. And you think that the risk is probably worth, it's probably worth some amount of risk. Maybe not taking it to like you're riding in the middle of the storm. But if you get hit with a little bit of winds, whatever, you know, this thing can handle it. 
I got 12 kids with 11 baby mamas. I got to get this pay. I said I wasn't going to do an accident, but apparently I just did it. <laughs> well, um, if if Frank is, is the one down there and he's okay with it, then it's, it's his bacon on the line, as they say. Um, so so I guess I, I say that we follow his lead. And I'm bringing home that bacon. Uh, so... <laughs> Can, can um, Brian run to like central computing and start like trying to like run the numbers of like the approaching storm and like how much time we have mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. kind of run the simulation as to when we'd be able to pull him out? Yeah, that's totally fair. You don't feel like you have a ton of time in this, so you are really pushing it, but you run off. You manage to get a quick run on it from the simulation. You do feel that this storm will be pushing this like you don't know the specs of the space or the of the extractor you're not you know with the engineer or something like that but you do tell him like this is going to be a big one this is not a storm that people would nothing like on earth that we've seen would hit us in this situation this will be new to us in a certain sense well um frank i uh i i don't know if if you are aware but i i have crunched the numbers and uh i thought you would (laughs) like to know that this is this is a doozy as they say um so so just keep that in consideration. I, I could not have your 12 children and 11 women uh, be with, without you on, on my hands. You're only saying that because you've never been down here. Your ha- clean hands and computing skills. What do you know? Uh, I know how to code in 14 different languages. Shut up, Brian. Okay. <laughs> Um, so I'm assuming that the captain is getting from um, Frank that he's wanted to push her to the limit. He's going for the whole Megillah here. He doesn't want to pull out until they got a full set of tanks. Or am I reading that a little wrong? Every tank is full. Okay, he wants, he wants that money. So as long as everyone else is in agreement with it then, because they do, I guess, have to list with, live with the risk themselves. The captain is not going to avoid the full run. He came here to make money. He will back that full ride with you, but there is three other crew, so if they didn't feel that it was safe, he would probably defer to them. I mean, if the extractor gets ripped off in the storm, are the rest of us screwed? <laughs> or does is there like... Because there's like an extraction tube exit that's an airlock. Can that not seal? And then the rest of us are fine? You're not an engineer. You're not entirely sure how that works. That you can't sense. imagine things getting torn off of you would be good, but you don't know that entire that risk sense. of it. This is starting to feel like a prospecting trip. <laughs> this this makes sense in Cade brain, so I feel like this makes sense in Brian brain. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. No. If Frank is, is alright with it, then so am I. Okay. I mean, I feel like at that well, point, that's majority vote unless... Majority rules. My vote is that we pull them out as soon as it gets dangerous. I dilute this 90% pure hydrogen to 80% pure to up the volume. And then we go make a healthy profit. Well, that's just Ooh, my two cents. Oh, dang. And Captain says, you think you can pull that off? How clean do you think you can get that matching? Well, 80% pure is more than good enough for industrial purposes. And I think that they'll still pay top dollar for it. Oh, yeah. I don't know what they're getting, but I'm going to take your word for that. You know them. You know them prices. Okay, boys, I think that's fair. We don't need Frank dying on this one. We'll pull him up just before that storm hits. That 
that sounds good. Trust me, Frank. Timmy and Tobby and Bobby and Sally and Susie and Bethany and Elizabeth and Jill and S- Susan and J- Jeffrey and, and, and uh, Angelica and Jeffrey and, the second and Jeffrey the second. Well, thank you. <laughs> and Jeffrey the third and Jeffrey the fourth and Jeffrey the fifth. We got running out of names real quick. At There's the so end. many. Uh, it was really inspiring how you took inspiration from George Foreman like that. <laughs> Brian, even I don't have their names memorized. Stop trying to flatter me. Yes, sir. Okay. So, yeah, you guys think it's state-regulated holidays. (laughs) (laughs) You guys think that you can get away with not pushing it to oblivion there and still making a good bit of money. So, you get going and the storm begins to rage around the extractor. It's, It's not too crazy yet, but you are getting bashed around a little bit. You guys understand the tolerances you know that you're still at a point where you're safe to be doing this you could expect these wins at a normal moment so you keep running up you get the extractor up to you're seeing it's they're rolling at about 72 percent 75 percent and just as you're getting right up to that just about to break that 80 point of the tanks being full the captain starts to see another alarm kind of rip off he's like oh god it's gonna get worse <laughs> and he's okay so my head cannon i'm sorry to interrupt but my head cannon is this just this giant tube that's like flailing and Frank's like riding on the end. And when it starts to putter out, he's just like kicking the shit out of it. <laughs> I mean, it's more or less that other than he's just standing like in like a little, like, you know, like crane cab stuck to the end of it instead of holding on to the end of it. <laughs> then he takes a lever and just starts like wailing it back and forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does have a lot of control over the thing, so I hope he would be getting her as open as he could. Um, but yeah, uh, the storm just keeps raging around on you. You're 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 kind of getting a little bit scared at that point. As you're starting to get pulled up from the captain hitting the scram button, um, a pretty big wind whips up, one that you weren't expecting, and it kind of snaps the cab around. And I'm gonna need you to make a two card pull for me as you're trying to get yourself sort of braced in the cab before it fully sends you around and you're smashed up really bad. All right, just to, just to clarify, is this deck already down to 48, or do we have to draw four to get rid of some? It's already down to 48. Okay, so draw two cards. Yep. First one's got to be the Joker. Two and a ten. So you're good. Nothing, no face card messing around or any of that stuff either. Um, so yeah, you managed to catch yourself through the extractor. You are slammed around, and you do manage to twist your pinky, and it's just mangled and ripped and twisted right back around, hanging off on, you know... Just a couple of strands of bone, or not bone, strands of bone. <laughs> strands of skin and one ligament left holding it on there. But you did catch yourself in the space without totally getting rolled around. It's just a minor scratch. Um, and as you, you're just starting to crest into the space of where the extractor gets pulled up into the spaceship. And as it does, the wind manages to get one giant tug and it pulls the bottom section off of the extractor. It kind of gives everything one last big shake. Um, and as that does, everyone gets rocked around where they are. Nothing really major happens. The med bay is pretty solid. No chemicals fall on the chemist or anything like that. But the lights do drop out. They flicker for, you know, two or three flickers and then go completely black for ten seconds. I don't know if anyone would do anything in those ten seconds, but they don't have to. I'd probably uh, pick a wedgie. Mm, probably. That's no fair. I can see it. Reach for the the classic scientist pen light. Probably screw- click it on. Uh, <laughs> Please, Frank, pick it away. Yeah, Brian. Brian is not a, a courageous man. 
Uh, so he probably gives a girlish scream um, <laughs> and just sits in the corner, just like against the wall, cowering, waiting for the lights to come back on. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So those 10 seconds drag on by. You guys are consumed with the moment of like, what's going on here? You don't know what kind of damage is done. And then the lights do manage to kind of flicker back on a little bit. And then they slowly pick up and then you have full lighting again. Um, and over the radio goes the captain again. Um, everyone to the command deck ASAP. We have emergencies that need to be handled. Brian rushes to the the command deck. Yeah, me as well. Uh, Frank is going to, he's going to dawdle because he'd be more concerned about like the extractor and making sure that it's like all good to go. You know, like that was pretty rough. So I think he might dawdle behind, but like, not stay there the, if they're longer than like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so before we run off to the captain, we'll stay with Frank here on his own for a second. Um, as he's hanging out in the extractor bay, he is looking around and he does see that it's pretty torn up. He's not hearing any major leaks or anything like that. And he does have um, an H2 sensor on him just for obviously his own safety in the space that he was in. And he's not picking up anything major. Um, as far as you can tell, the space, it's been damaged, it's been wrecked, but you think that the extractor came out relatively safe considering how beat up you got and your finger being, you know, bent and mangled up, which is pretty hardcore that you chose to stay here now that I realize that. <laughs> <laughs> Snapped it back into place and duct taped it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, if, if he sees that everything's relatively good, he'd go there. Yeah, yeah, nothing major at this moment. Um, but yeah, we'll cut back to the command deck. Um, as you guys all kind of come blowing through the door, Frank coming in a little bit later. Um, you guys do notice the captain, he's taking off a mask. You guys feel that there's probably just recently air has been restored in here. And you can see right in front of him is a big patch. You guys have all been trained with this kind of stuff. It's a big section of metal that's slapped over any holes that would be punctured into the ship. And then you can have a, a weld put around it. And so you guys feel that at least something ripped through here and depressurized the space. And he managed to get it patched quickly enough that there wasn't any major issue. So, yeah, you guys all run into the space. Um, and he sees you all come in and just kind of looks over. So he's like, I, I don't have any time for niceties. We we literally do not know whether we're even going to be making her back at this point. I have problems across the board that we need to handle. Um, I'm going to need you guys to build into a task groups as fast as you can and get the big ticket items handled out of here or else we might be gone in next five ten minutes um so he starts quickly typing up some stuff and two big things blast up and you see sections of the ship get zoomed into he says the first one is we have a leaking valve on one of the tanks i don't know what got in there and slammed it but we need that closed instantly first of all we're losing profit at all moments and we're not going to get back with anything in those tanks if we don't get it fixed but it does seem to be causing a couple of issues with some of our sensors and other things out on the system are out on side of the ship, and if we don't get those handled soon, we might not even be able to keep telemetry going on and figure out where we're going home. Um, and the other one is um, the CO2 scrubbers seem to be down. I'm not sure what's going on with them. Um, I think that they're just malfunctioning of some form. I think you guys are going to have to look at them a lot further and deeper, uh, head into life support whenever you get the chance and get those handled. All right. Okay, well, I, I volunteer to go deal with the CO2 scrubber situation. 
Um, yeah, I'll probably head to, to life support. Okay. Put me where to go, Captain. Yeah. So you guys know where life support is, and that's fairly um, easy. Yeah. Uh, and then the engineer says, yeah, I'll, I'll get out there and start working on the leak. Um, I'm going to need a buddy, though, to back me up on that. And so he goes and just instantly grabs um, Frank. He said, let's go. Um, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And so as you guys are both, are all are starting to kind of head out at the moment, the doors all, like, as you're kind of opening them, they actually lock back down and right in front of you, and you hear an even nastier alarm than you guys had already been dealing with until they'd just been shut off, um, <laughs> which you didn't think you would hear worse alarms, but I guess there are worse alarms. And just to make your guys' situation even worse, a robotic voice goes over the comm saying, Viral life form detected. Entity must be removed or emergency protocol 392-C will be enacted. T-minus 49 minutes remaining until activation of 392-C. Repeat, entity must be removed or 392-C will be activated. Would any Entity. of us know what 392-C is? Yeah, would I know that as the data guy? Um, You aren't entirely sure, but you can probably pretty easily pull that up on a console beside you, which, um, I mean, you would obviously run off and do. So you're as you're digging through quickly, you do see that that is a international code that is required on all ships, just in case they're not that they've ran into anything like this yet, but just in that off case that they do run into something extraterrestrial. It locks down the entire ship and activates a self-destruct system that cannot be overridden by any of like your standard traditional means because this is the only way that they plan on containing these issues. Uh, is is this a computer that we can like talk back to, or is this just a one-way? As far as you know, it seems to be like an automated system. You could probably interact with the program that's saying those things, um, but it's just you know, announcing those things to you. It's not like you're going to get a response from it particularly. I shout to the captain, do we have a location on where this life form is? He goes and starts running on the console. Um, He's doing a bit of digging. He can't seem to dig it up, but as you've said that, I would assume that your comm specialist would be right on board, also digging through and looking at it. And he kind of starts sifting through the system and he knows how to get a little bit deeper. And from what he's seeing... The scans can't particularly pinpoint it. As far as you know, it's within a size that cannot be detected in that sense. It just knows that there's a large enough amount of it, enough to set off the sensors and lock you guys down. Um, as he is digging through, he does manage to find a, like the only thing that he really can do, which is to open up the doors that got locked down in front of you. And outside of that, it seems like most systems are shut down or locked out of other than basic, you know, going through you like your data and all that kind of stuff um it does seem like there's pretty reduced access in this moment they seem to want you to get that out of the ship and will only give you the means to you know solve your issue in yeah. that sense we need to get suits on i immediately move to wherever the spacesuits are sealed suits i recommend everybody else to do the same uh yeah i'm gonna throw on a suit and like Brian is definitely panicking. Like he, yeah, uh, this is more than he signed up for. He was just here to run the computers, crunch some numbers, get home. I'd say get home to his wife, but let's be honest, Brian isn't married. Um, <laughs> Remember your training, Brian. My my training is to call for help. Uh, 
if if anything goes wrong, call for help. If things go right and we're on the way home, call for help. Uh, well, then get on that. We got 33 minutes to get the transmission out. Yes, yes, sir. Um, (laughs) Would like communications be in like central computing? Um, Or yeah, you could access it through central computing, or probably a lot of your stuff would also be on the command deck. But either space would give you all you need. Okay, I'm gonna probably run to command deck and start putting out like an SOS signal. Sounds good. So yeah, as you run off, you're gonna break off from the crew. Um, As that's happening, Nick, just Nick, runs by you guys and. (laughs) quickly grabs a suit, slams it on, and he just takes off. You guys don't really see where he's going. You got a general idea. I mean, he is the engineer. He is moving towards the engineering area, and he seems to be running off and has his own plan to be handling things. Um, as he does, the captain's kind of like a little bit shaky back. He's like, what's what's going on here? Um, okay, we, we got to get that leak sealed, guys. Like, that's priority number one. If we don't come out of here without any money, like, if the ship blows up either which way, we, if we don't have any money, that's going to be a nightmare. Um, I feel like priority number one is our lives. Um, I can be in debt. I cannot be dead. I have to agree with Brian. Um, Frank. So Frank's not going to get like a. Um, no, you know what? He is going to get a full suit. He's going to get a full so suit. Gotta go outside. Yeah. Um, I, I know he has that like emergency kind of thing, but he's going to get a full suit. Um, but who who is he with again? He would have been heading out with the engineer, but as you guys had all ran to grab suits, the engineer just blew by. You guys grabbed just like a, a, a light. Nick was the yeah, engineer. Nick the engineer was. He yeah. just grabbed one of the light suits right. and ran off to go and start handling some other stuff. So Frank is definitely going to follow him, but Frank's going to keep a pace behind him that, like, he would be able to like keep an eye on, but not be directly behind. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Okay. Um. So, Brian, anything specific you're doing at this moment? Uh, so, yeah, I was running to the command deck. Oh, yeah, deck yeah, your command deck. Um, so then I'm at max. Sorry. I'm going to life support because I think that the two problems have to be linked. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. You're heading out to CO2 scrubbers. Um, with that in mind, the captain is going to grab a full suit and he's going to start heading towards the airlocks out towards the tanks. Um, yeah. So we're going to zoom to the command deck where brian is running off to um you blast through the door and you see you know all your computers you have not a ton of issue getting into your systems you know what you're doing at that point and as you're starting to get right to where you know like you're about to bring in the front end to start putting out your messages you see a big red screen it just takes up the whole screen it does not allow you to do anything else and shuts down that computer Uh, or doesn't like shut it down but like it bricks that computer Kate, can I roll over to, like, how many computers do we have up here? Like, enough that I can afford to test another one? Yeah. And if it breaks, we're not, like, stranded in space? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, each, you all, obviously, you have different areas that you guys try and operate the command deck in, but yeah. really, they're all connected to the same central computing space, so they're all more or less monitors connected to one supercomputer. So even though they're all saying, like, oh, okay. they're special so places. Down, no, no, they're each kind of, like, somewhat oh. separate systems connected to the whole thing. So you could, you have a okay. bunch of different computers. It seems like that computer itself just got bricked. Like, it's not allowing that monitor to do anything else. And so you okay. see a lot of can other I... options still within the command space to try other stuff yeah. on. Can I try rolling over to another computer and try sending it out again? Yeah, you just... See if it was just that computer bricked or if there's something blocking the system that's making it break mm-hmm. yeah you run through the exact same things again and you get another red screen 
and it shuts you down the exact same way the last one was. Okay. Brian is definitely starting to have, like, a panic attack in that sense. Um, he rolls over to another computer and starts running, like, diagnostics on the system as a whole to see if there's anything that's showing as, like, is there faulty data? Is something... What is causing something as simple as sending out an SOS to brick the the console that I'm at? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you go over and you're, you're checking over your things you go through. And you do find that a lot of systems just seem to be, like, not, like, offline in the sense that they're not operating, but they're completely locked out for you. They're just not allowing any sort of access. As you're allowed, like, basic front-end access, you can get through most of your data, all those kind of things. But it seems like whenever you try to operate with any of, like... Anything deeper. Yeah, any sort of system thing, you don't have a lot of access. There's some things that you still can. You seem to have relative good access to your life support and, like... Certain things like that. Okay. Weird things like the food machines in the mess hall, not really that big of an issue, but it seems like escape pod is, is not working. You don't have a lot of your different stuff with a lot of airlocks. Okay. Only some of them are allowing you to have access to them. Things like that. Does it seem like... Does it seem like it's a... Like a glitch? Or does it seem like my access has been like revoked? As far as you would be able to tell, it seems like you just don't have access to these things anymore. Like you've been completely locked out of it using normal means, at least. It do- as far as you can tell, the system does not want you accessing these stuff during this viral lockdown. Okay. Um, can I try radioing the commander and see... Or the, the captain and see if he has like an override key as the captain of the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you get out on the the comms there and the captain comes over and says um yeah, I mean we do have overrides but I don't know how good they would be in this situation. You sound like you're locked out to a level that I don't even know we'd be able to get an override into it. Um but either which way, I'm out here. I got to get to those tanks. As you hear he goes and you start hearing a really loud horn go over around it and you hear like a door lock behind him and you know it's the sound of the airlock being activated. Cool, 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 cool. Great, great, great. He seems to be off. Uh, he's, I mean, he's still on mic, so you could talk to him, but he seems like he's really focused on what he's off doing. Okay, well, um, Captain, we we can't do much. Uh, I've been locked out of the system completely. Uh, we are alone out here, and I am not okay with being alone. Uh, I I haven't been alone since since birth. I live in my mother's basement, uh, and then I came here. Uh, I am not okay with this. We need to get the system fixed right away. Kate, have you seen Hubie Halloween? No, I haven't. You need to, because you sound exactly like Hubie Halloween. <laughs> Uh, Adam Sandler's voice has influenced a lot of things in my <laughs> life. <laughs> Many characters that I have played in various capacities are just Adam Sandler. <laughs> As we return from our commercial break, um, we will cut off to um, Nick, just Nick, who is being followed kind of a little secretively by Frank, and he busts into engineering and he starts grabbing a whole bunch of tools. He starts assembling a toolkit, um, grabs a headlamp and all that stuff. And he seems to be just getting ready to go on. He seems to have some idea of something he's going to be fixing. Um, is Frank going to continue to hang back and just kind of stay out of sight? or? No, it's yeah. he's not necessarily out of sight at this point. Um, it was more just like, uh, you know, if something's going to pop out, it's going to pop out on him first, you know? Um but uh, he would definitely look for he he would look for a headlamp as well and like almost mimic whatever tools are being grabbed that he doesn't already have. Um, 
more of just like a well supplied kind of thing. But then he's gonna a uh, a, a Nick. Uh, I know that you don't really uh, talk, but uh, why don't you talk to me right now? What are you doing? What's what's going on? He looks over at you, gives his face a scratch. Like I th- I think it's got to be the sensors. There's there's something wrong here. Like I always operate on that the simplest problems are usually the ones you're facing. It's not. Where are we getting a virus from? I don't know nothing about viruses. What I know about is how this system operates, and I think there is a glitch somewhere. So I'm going down into the deeper parts of the system, and I'm going to start resetting things from ground one, and hopefully I got enough time to get through the whole system if that's what I need to do. Well, I mean, all I know about viruses is that they're they're really controversial and that some people don't think they exist. Uh, is that what you're saying? This might not actually exist? Uh, I'm... I'm not a doctor. I don't know much about viruses either. But what I am going to say is that I don't think that we're dealing with a virus here. Like, what? We just, where did a virus come from? We've been in this ship for three weeks. Or three weeks. Shh. We've been in this ship for three months almost. Shh. I just lost time, I guess. Um, So, I just, I don't think we got a virus. We would have had a virus warning already. What's going on here? There's got to be something mechanical to it. Back uh, on the right, command well, deck, Brian's put on about six masks. <laughs> um. <laughs> So many that he's like losing oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's get down there. Let's let's do what we can. Okay. So yeah, as you say that, he walks over and he kicks a little spot on the floor, and a little like hatch opens up, and you see a little area that you can crawl into. It's big enough for a human to move through, but it's not you know much bigger than you guys on hands and knees working through that space. It's full of. Tons of different wires, a whole bunch of interesting relays, little, you know, interaction points where parts of the computer systems start meeting. Pretty much the inner workings of the ship are all hidden underneath of here for you to access. Okay. Um, Frank's going to stop him for a second and say, say uh, uh, Nick, uh, I, I'm not really good with the whole navigation thing. I'm going to tie a rope between you and I so uh, you can't get too far away from me. That's, that's a good idea. I don't know how far you could get lost in here, but I don't want to have to keep looking for you all the time. And so you see, he points out a nice big long section of rope. You guys tie it around your waists, and as you're doing that, he starts crawling down into the space. We're gonna cut away to Max as he's running into handle the CO2 scrubbers. Uh, yeah. So as I go into the room, do I notice anything immediately wrong, like catastrophic damage, explosions, um, things on fire? No, you don't see anything huge. You, by the smell of it, you do smell like a pretty solid burnt smell, but you don't see any fire. And since you're in a what is a pretty computer oriented space, you would assume that some of the electronics were fried. An easy assumption would be during the light flash. Um, you're mm-hmm. not entirely sure, but as you're kind of analyzing the room, you do hear the robot voice come over the calming in and say three minutes 40 seconds until uh 392-c activation um but you you get a quick whiff of it and you get an idea of you're not sure what would be the issue but you don't think you're looking for like a giant break you're looking for something more in the electronic space okay uh is there anything that I think I could try to do? Um, you would know where the CO2 scrubber is. Like, you guys have all been relatively versed yeah. in this stuff. This is a, a common enough feature that you want everyone to know about it because, you know, you would like to be able to breathe when you're in space. Yeah. Um, and so you go and you bust it open. You check filters right off the bat just because it's an easy check. There's nothing wrong with them. You start going through everything else. You try to turn it on and off. It doesn't seem to be cycling. And from what you can tell, 
something's going wrong electronically or like electrically you're not an expert in that kind of field but you know that that would be the area you'd want to start looking you can start digging around and try and figure it out but you're not by any means super skilled in this area okay um well i'm the only one there yeah you're going in i think i have okay Well, if I called over to the radio to Nick, just Nick, could he give me any guidance? Um, yeah, yeah. If you you're calling him up and Nick's kind of goes like, "Okay, uh, you said you smelt burning when you came in there." Yeah, like electrical wires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a CO2 scrubber, and as far as we can tell, no other life supports down. My guess is that the chips got burnt. They're relatively easy to get at, and he goes through. It gives you a quick rundown of how to specifically move a couple of panels out of space that you easily manage to get to. And he says, okay, you got them open and exposed. Uh, Roger. Okay. Um, he says, he, he tells you quickly where the replacements are. They're really nice and close. You grab them off. It seems to be an actual common feature of these guys. Apparently, whenever electricity gets a little wild, they seem to like to burn cheap. That's what you get when you're dealing with the Abigail, I guess. Um, but he says, okay, be extra careful. <laughs> We're not able to shut the ship down. You're dealing with high voltage at that moment, so do not touch the connection points. And what's that? Touch the connection <laughs> points. Um, if you're willing to dive into it, since you're not really well versed, but he has yeah. given you an explanation, I would say you are dealing with just a one card task here. So just a single draw All to right. see how that goes for you. Nine. Nice. So you're still safe. Yeah, you pull him out. You do get a little bit of a zap, but it's more residual as it flows off of another spot. Nothing major. You slap them in, and you hear the CO2 scrubber start kicking back up. And as far as you can see from the display and stuff, everything seems to be functioning pretty much normally at this point. All right. I inform everybody over the radio. The CO2 scrubbers are back online. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Um, So then we're going to cut from that moment to the captain who is just opening up the airlock roughly at this moment and he starts doing what is a relatively high risk situation out there he's got the right tools as far as he needs to seal this leak but he is pulling some big moves but he starts his um spacewalk which right off the bat is a high risk situation so he's going to be pulling three cards right quick here Ooh, he pulls an ace i'm gonna save that ace for when i want to mess with people because that's not how the rules work, but I don't care. Um, a five, so he's safe there. It's a three-card risk walking out there. Pulls a king. Oh. I can't remember. I believe face cards are another pull. You got draw again. And it's a seven. So he manages to walk safely to the space, and he starts going. But it is a pretty high-risk situation that he's dealing with, as there is this leak, and it's blowing the hydrogen out. So he's not really have the, he has lo- he has locked himself down. But if he gets blown off by this, you know, gas being exp- expended, I don't know why I would say expended. I don't know what word I would use there. Being ex- There's an X word that works. Expelled. Expelled. There we go. Extruded. Expelled. Yeah. So if he gets hit with that, he's going to kind of get blown off and it's not going to be really good for him if he gets hit by it. So he's trying to take it slow, get in there, but it's still relatively risky to get that patched. And so he's going to pull another two cards. Oof. Um, this feels fixed. Another <laughs> Garbo. Until he dies, dear. Oh, God. Oh, no. Okay, good. good. He does manage to patch it up. No issues there. Um, 
So he does manage to seal it up, and he starts going back to the airlock. He manages to make his way in, and he's depressurizing. And we're going to cut back to whoever wants a little bit of spotlight, because you guys have each wrapped up your last thing you were doing. Um, so with the sensor saying that, like, there's extraterrestrial life on the ship, is that, like... Is there a certain size it would need to be? Or can it range from, like, microscopic to, like, the xenomorph? Because if it's microscopic, I'm different so types of afraid than I am. So it's a viral <laughs> life form. So I'm guessing Yeah, but in small, space, but viral. Yes. Yeah. Um, from your understanding of how the ship operates and the sensors that it has, if it was something large, it would probably be pretty easy for it to tell, okay, there's a sixth body in here that we didn't have before. So you would assume that it's something much more invisible or small scale. You don't know whether it's like, maybe it's a ghost virus, I guess. I don't think it is, but it's something that Guys, seems to be on smaller scale. The the ex-parasite from Metroid takes on the form of other life forms, so it could have started small and now be something big. Um, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Brian... I think is going to run to like the med bay and start looking for like some kind of like respirator or something that, that he thinks is going to be able to block airborne parasites from getting into his system. Um, He's like full on panicking because like all of his training was set out an SOS if things are bad. Um, And now he can't do that. So now like the walls are closing in on him and he's like feeling claustrophobic (laughs) and like, yeah, he's full on panicking. Did you not I put hope a he suit just on? Oh, I I think I said I did. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If yeah. not, then uh, I don't know. <laughs> I hope he just finds a bottle of ivermectin. Okay, well, I got I got a hero moment I like to attempt. Um so I like to run over to the chemistry lab. Um and if I get in there with no no dispute, um I want to call over the radio to the captain saying I have an idea. Uh, if this is simply just a viral life form, if we pump something through all the ventilation in the whole ship that uh, w- would would kill anything living, essentially, as long as we've all got suits on and wait till it vents, we might be able to just root this thing out and then the sensors won't detect it anymore. Um, the captain kind of takes a long time. Seems like a good plan. I didn't have anything else for us. So, yep, that's what we're going for. We're running it. And he starts running towards the chemistry lab. If I didn't say that Brian put on a suit before, I'm definitely saying it now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe you did it. If you didn't, it was implied. I I did. <laughs> um, did we patch the tank? Um, yeah, he was able to manage to patch the tank. So as far as you guys understand, you've covered at least all the major systems issues other than the fact that you're going to blow up in what is now 31 minutes <laughs> and 40 seconds. Um, so yeah, you want to run oh, with the yeah. flooding? Does anyone flush the system? <laughs> yeah. Um, if we're not going to go that at that point, um, Nick is just going to keep working on what he's doing. He seems one track minded. He's now probably gone through what you would say if you had any idea would be like two percent of the overall stuff he could go through in this moment. There's so many sensors to check. There is so much work. I would assume that if Frank was sitting there watching him he would see somewhat of the futility just by the amount of space that he is dealing here. He might feel that that's something he wants to keep doing, but like he's just so far checked like the first set of sensors and he's only like the 10th one in out of like a thousand of those sensors. 
Yeah, I feel like like Frank would would see this happening and, and would be like, oh, li- listen, Nick, I think this is going to take a long time, and I, I just really don't think that we can spare it. Surely there must be something else that we could check, something more vital that we could check first. And Nick just says, no, no, I, I, I work my way up. I keep it simple. That's how I solve all my problems. And you just he just gets hunkered right back into the work of it. Um, Frank is going to detach the rope, but then, like, tie it to something, but, like, not super far away. Like, I don't want it to be taut, but, uh, you know, yeah, tie him down. Mm-hmm. He's just consumed like, in his work. He is still just yeah. working away. He doesn't even notice the fact that you're slipping away as far as you can tell. Is there any other, like, are there any other paths down here, or is it was it, like, a straight shot to this Um, one? There's tons of different ways. You don't really know the inner workings of it. You do have little maps, though, all over the place, so you can easily find your way. And it does, there's quite a few exits. You can pop up in engineering. You can pop up in the gas extractor, in the docking ports, the electrical access, or in life support. Oh, also the escape pod bay. Frank's going to go to the escape pod bay. Fair enough. Okay. So yeah, as Frank is crawling towards the escape part bay, we are going to cut to the chemistry lab. Um, do you have any sort of general idea of what you think you might want to pump through this space, um, Max? Well, I'm not a chemist out mm-hmm. of game, <laughs> so I'm not 100% sure. I was trying to look up how to kill viruses in space, but <laughs> that's well, a surprisingly not written about topic. If we look at what the atmosphere of Jupiter is mostly made of, we can assume that that's probably something that is breathable by the life form. So if we pick something that is not present in their atmosphere, it's probably not breathable. And then go from there. I was also thinking just I'm like doing some real communications like, technician right here. <laughs> yeah, like that is a good idea. But I was thinking just a generic like anti antibacterial, antiviral, like uh, something that would just sanitize it. Mm. We're all wearing the suits, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, radon <laughs> blasted with radon, and yeah, and nuke <laughs> everyone with radiation. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah what could go wrong the other one was potentially flooding with uv lights but that's like a, a weak alternative yeah right you there. guys don't really think you'd have the equipment to build enough of what you do maybe you can put together a couple of weird little handheld things but then you're gonna be trying to scrub the whole ship in what is now 28 yeah. minutes <laughs> so i'd like to use my chemistry knowledge to put together something that would kill just microorganisms. That's the word I was looking for mm-hmm. earlier. So you're definitely not a biologist and definitely not a microbiologist, but you know a little bit. You took some stuff in your undergrad um, and you know that alcohols are really good. You have a couple of other ideas of what works and you know that you can synthesize probably a large enough amount that if you dumped it through your guys' emergency fire systems, you could get a pretty solid coverage of most spaces. The issue being you might not get into every nook and cranny because what you'll be making will be more of a liquid. You can't really figure out any sort of disinfecting yeah. gas per se. You could maybe try and open it up to the vacuum of space, but you guys also don't really know what's going on here or what its capabilities would be if there were any or not any. Okay, well, I'm going to go with my plan A. Okay, so yeah, you're going to dump that alcohol all over the place. Yeah, as long as the captain agrees. Captain says, gun it, man. I got no other ideas, and I'm not losing this money. Um, So you 
you quickly concoct quite a bit. You get it routed into the system. It's not too major of an issue. It's amazing, actually, how fast you're doing it. It's actually almost taking you only seconds to do this. It's crazy. And you get it pumped <laughs> into the system, and you hit there going, it just splashes everywhere. Everyone gets doused in it. Anything that would... Good thing there's not anything majorly flammable, but you wouldn't probably have that in your ship, and I would hope you guys would have right. turned it off before you dumped alcohol into the space. I think that would just be silly for me to be like, you guys didn't shut off the fires. Um, so you, you managed to douse it all, and you don't know what else you you haven't heard anything from this the radio but yeah. it's only been giving you random time intervals it hasn't really said much else uh yeah i would call up on the radio then for somebody to do another check to see if it's still detected the viral organism uh brian can do that yeah so yeah brian gets it to his computer program it's you know Again, relatively easy. He's digging through. And this is a very easy to find. It is like right front and center. It's almost as if whatever program is going on here wants you to open this up. And you open it up, and it's just a big button that says, Rescan. I hit it. <laughs> and you see a little bar. It's, it runs up. It's relatively quick. It slowly fills. It stops halfway through, and you're like, oh, my God, what's going on? Why isn't it moving? And then it jumps to 80%. Cuts back to 75 for some weird reason. Jumps up to 90. Cuts back to zero. Damn, Windows 95. <laughs> I was going to say, did you know Abigail ran on Vista? <laughs> and then it slams up into the 100% and it says, viral entity still detected. Oh, no. Protocol 392-C eminent 25 minutes until activation. Cool. Wait, are our suits, like, fireproof? Well, there was not an issue of fire. It's mostly just the alcohol being dumped no, all over you but, but you are safe to the alcohol it's not but are they fireproof but are they fireproof <laughs> i mean they're technically for the, the vacuum of space so i wouldn't imagine <laughs> that they would be heavily designed to be fireproof we just we don't want to light yeah fires inside if i've learned space. anything from reading the martian it's that fire in space is bad yeah, yeah. <laughs> jaden i just need a yes or a no sir. um you could try that's not a yes or a no um you you look up the ratings and you see yeah they're they're electric proof they're you know waterproof they're pretty impermeable but you don't see anything that makes you sure that they are fireproof son of a bitch um do we gotta vent it can brian uh radio to nick not nick <laughs> and see if he knows of any backdoor way to get into like the SOS communication system um, that might bypass where I'm blocked. Nick kind of thinks about it. He's like, quick, he's like, give me two seconds. He quickly scrappers over. He pulls out one thing. He plugs it into another spot. Real, you know, switchboardy style. And next thing you know, you seem to be able to start accessing your portal to start sending a message. It's like, there you go, and he goes right back, and he's working on his sensors again. He's now managed to get through 50 of the ridiculous number of sensors. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, and then Brian's going to start, like, sending out SOS in, like, the highest, you know, range he can, as loud as he can, just mm -hmm. hoping that there's something out there. Uh, I know it's past the 33-minute mark, uh, but we're sending out hoping that maybe there's a ship nearby. So, yeah, you, you blast out the message, and the way that their radio system works is they are relatively able to tell, like, if you're doing a wide blast, it'll calculate the time of where they might think ships would be in this area, and it'll tell you whether your ship, you know, it gives you an estimate. It's not guaranteed, but it's relatively oh. likely. And so as you hit up send, 
it reads out the time and you do see that it starts at 33 minutes which is the original time to earth and you do see it start ticking down ticking down you're like oh my god as you look at the clock on the other side rolling down at 22 minutes and 33 seconds you see your stop 24 minutes until message received (laughs) (laughs) damn it okay um (laughs) brian's panicking even more um Okay, Frank is going to go and make sure the life pods or the evacuation pods are actually online. They're disabled by the system. We can't access it. So, okay, so then... Because he would have heard Brian ask for re-enabling of Nick because they're on the same frequency, I'm assuming. So mm-hmm. he's going to ask Nick to also get the, the life support pods on, or the, whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. The evacuation yeah, pods. Yeah, the escape pods. There we go. Thank Nick you. Nick goes over. He's like, I, I, I don't got the time, man. I'm sorry. I, I, I wasted it already with his mo. He's, he just dives right back into his working so on the sensors. He's gonna try to, he's gonna try to persuade him and be like, "Damn it, Nick! If we need to escape because you don't have time, we need the pods." And Nick kind of sitting there, kind of quickly does a quick little engineering crunch. And he says, "Like, I mean, we're not gonna get anywhere. Those pods that are gonna matter anyways. We need this ship." And he starts diving into it as he goes. He does have like a, a second of clarity and realizes like holy hell i've really been looking at these sensors I'm, I'm way too focused on these sensors and he dives over to another pile of sensors and starts working on those ones <laughs> you're killing me nick um but um, you do have a basic knowledge of operating equipment and things like that so you could make some attempts at trying to hotwire one of the yeah, pods. I think that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to try to bypass, like, the computer protocols and, like, actually just hotwire it to just, like, launch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you you are kind of relatively skilled at stuff, but you are diving through a lot of high-voltage lines. So that is going to be a three-card pull for you to try and get into there and get that <laughs> bypassed. Could I uh, <laughs> interject? <laughs> Make it a four-card pull. <gasps> he also a- just pulled a, j- a jack mm. as his first one, so that's technically a five-card oh. pull. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Mm. Oh, six oh, cards. Six. Two more. <laughs> okay, okay. One more. One more. One more. I got a five. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> Six card pull and I did it. Suck it, pal. Right, I'm sorry. I just had to RP to my character's <laughs> trait. Um, so yeah, you, you're just diving through there. You're digging it. And it's amazing. This stuff's sparking all around you. You're almost sure you grabbed a live wire, but I don't know. Apparently, you're electric proof. And you start slamming everything together. And you do manage to get the pod operating. And it seems to be going. But you can't seem to get the door open with what you've just done. You do think that you could also try to bypass a door so you could get it open and get this thing out of here. But at the moment, all you have is a rocket to launch at a wall. I'm I'm going to try to open that door, too. Okay. Um, does anyone else have anything they would be trying in this moment before we get into that? Uh, would Brian be trying or can would it be feasible for Brian to try to reroute, reroute power to the communications to see if we can boost like the amplitude of the signal to see if we can shorten the time a little bit um yeah i mean you guys are already using pretty close to like light speed (laughs) um technology here but you you might be able to cram a little bit out there there is some theoretical room to be gained here 
but you will be okay. dealing with some big ticket items at this point. You were talking about trying to step that up with an electrical that you will probably be cutting out power from whole other sections of the ship trying to reroute it into there. It will be... I mean, if you you have better odds of surviving as an underwater welder for like 20 years than you do doing what you're about to do, but you can give her a go. And you you do believe that you'll get the time you need if you manage to pull it off. I feel like that is all that Brian thinks he can do to try to make it work. So I think I'm going to try to reroute power from... Uh, from like the mess hall and living quarters as well as anything that was heading to the extractor and try to route that into communications because I feel like those are three rooms and systems that we're not going to need uh, in the next 10 minutes <laughs> it's, it's hard to eat when you only have 18 minutes left to live yeah yep. it's pretty much a nightmare so I'm going to give her a go Okay. so yeah you, you run into there you start pulling things off so you're trying to reroute three things so you're gonna need to make three three card pulls no we'll do three two card <laughs> pulls we'll do six cards All total because right. you're gonna go for each one so you're starting off pulling off the gas extractor okay, okay. oh that's an extra on the king face card. Okay, okay, so we're good there. yeah you managed to slam it off and you get it locked into place and you see that you've gained you see the time drop down, and you're like, okay, we're getting there. You're about a third of the way to getting it low enough to getting a response from these people. Okay. Next batch, you're solid. You, again, you're, you're... It's like you've done this before. You ain't scared of high voltage. Slam that puppy right where she belongs to, and that thing is almost there. You think you get that in there? You're gonna have a couple of minutes to spare. Metagaming might like in real life my heart is racing <laughs> from this and that is Dude, no good I'm reason like, for it to oh be. Is he gonna do it? If Brian were cooler, he'd be screaming high oh voltage oh. Brian manages to lock oh, that yeah. next one in and he sees the time rock down. You see you see the clock sticking behind beside you. Seventeen minutes and you see your message time roll down. You say response in twelve minutes. Ooh, what's Max doing? Uh, I would be ringing up the captain over the radio saying, uh, we need to start talking about, uh, strapping ourselves in and, and doing a vent of the entire ship to see if we can just blast this organism out into space. <laughs> Didn't respond to the alcohol. We got to try it because the systems won't be able to do anything until we get it out. They, they're not going to let us escape because we can't bring this virus out into the wider world. So we need to do something. So the captain starts thinking about it and he's like, okay. Okay, um, he's just trying to think of logistics of it all. I said, "Here's what I'm thinking: You start running around. You get to all the air. You get to the closest big batch of airlocks you can get. You get them prepped and ready to go. I'll run to command. I'll get everything else switched. All the doors open wide. I'll go over on the horn. Tell everyone to get a mask on in the next two minutes, and we're dumping this whole thing out." Sounds like exactly what I was yeah, thinking. But it's my idea. Don't you get that? See, I, it's mine. I'm going to save the day. And he runs off. Roger that, Captain. <laughs> and he runs off and he starts going off and comes over on the heart. Everyone, okay, we're, we're opening it up. We're going full vac everywhere. Everyone get a mask on. And as he's saying that, Nick is not. Yeah, is everyone. I mean, you guys should almost all have your gear on. So I assume everyone's prepped. Yeah. For whatever reason, Nick has chosen to take his mask off and set it to the side of him. Because he just can't get to those 
numbers or he can't get to those sensors fast enough and he's fog it up so he just had to go for it he doesn't hear him go over it um and just goes slams and hits that button and boom everything goes out you guys sound drops out you're just feel like a whole big gust of while your wind quickly zap out and you guys are standing there now in the vacuum of space i don't know how long you guys feel that you would want to keep it open for long enough to suck all the alcohol out and i don't know like a minute So yeah the captain would be like okay Whenever you say so, um, geez, Max, tell me when to close her up. And as you're saying that, um, you kind of will cut to Nick there, and he's just sitting there, like, trying to, like, grab his mask, but he can't because of, like, slowly freezing to death from the cold and the lack of oxygen in his lungs and his eyes and vessels, blood vessels popping out and stuff like that. Poor yeah. Nick. Is he tangled in the rope? <laughs> No, no rope for Nick. I feel like it's almost more humane to wait until he's dead before we pump the oxygen back, <laughs> like to close the doors, because otherwise that's an awful existence. <laughs> yeah, so how long would you figure you, you said you'd keep it open for about a minute? One minute, nine okay. seconds. So yeah, he slams it shut. Um, everything locks down. You guys start to hear the pressure building back up and you guys have oxygen again. And he yells out to Brian again, get that rescan going. As he says that again, we cut to Nick and he does seem to like just be hanging on. No one knows about him. He's just sitting in this spot. He's as close to unconscious as you can be while not being unconscious. So he's not like, you know, sitting there and like, oh, those bastards are leaving me to die. He's like barely even seeing light at this moment. Brian feel bad. runs the scan again. Hey, as you go, you see the bar. And this time, it's not playing with you. It's a lot nicer. As if you think the first time the bar did it just to mess with you, it just fills right up nice and quick mm-hmm. and goes, viral load still detected. Oh, God. It's still the virus. It's still on the ship. Well, I don't know what else to do, guys. <laughs> Brian's getting this, or sorry, uh, Frank is getting this door open. Yeah, yeah, so we'll cut back to Frank, and he's going for, again, some through electrical. You guys really like to dig in the electrical, and it's really my only chance to kill you guys. So I'm going to get you a three-card draw again as you dig through the electrical. Ah, two-card. This is a little oh, bit face, easier. Face card. So three-card now. My first one's a face card. A three. <clears throat> oh, ten. I got it. I got it. Nice. I got it. So he manages to dig his way through, and as he goes, and he's about to go and slap the two that he thinks is going to bust it open. It just, nothing goes. It almost seems like the electricity that you thought was going to be flowing through there has been shut off. There is, as far as you know, no way to get that door open. He routed. (laughs) What's my timer at for a response? Um, Your timer is wrapped down, because what I said it was like, Four minutes shy. So you are now eight minutes away from a response, and the total time left that you guys have until uh, 392-C is 12 minutes, 18 seconds. Would my extractor, like you said it had like a crane thing on it, would that have any sort of like propulsion mechanism like to disconnect and... <laughs> I mean... I also routed the power away. Yeah. Oh yeah, there is no power. Um, <laughs> There would be enough that you could like 
puff in the air for a little bit until you would eventually collapse down into space. He doesn't really feel that it would be any sort of way that would give him any sort of option out of here. Brian, hold yourself together and get these uh, get the electricity rerouted to these pods. We need them. I can't I, I can't do that. I'm still waiting on on my response from our SOS and we and if we're stranded out in space in an escape pod then it's no better than being stranded out here we The we, escape we, pod we, will we, have an we, SOS system. We, no, it's built no, in no, the second no, it's, it's deployed. Get yourself together, Brian. <laughs> We can't take the escape pods anyway because if we spread this virus, they're just going to blow us up in atmosphere. Listen, it's us or them. Um, as you guys are hearing the fight, you guys just see like um, Brian would be in the same space as the captain. You see him like kind of just like a moment little dot on him. He just has like gets a very like straight, unemotional face. Turns out and walks out and starts heading down the hallway. Oh no, he's doing the Titanic thing. Uh, Brian is going to follow the captain because it's the closest thing to, like, a superior that might be in charge. Like, I feel like Brian doesn't read people very well. So he's going to follow the captain thinking that maybe the captain has a plan. Captain's got to know what we're going to do, right? Uh, The captain is moving with a certain speed that would make you think he knows where he's going. He's got a plan. Yeah. And as you go, you follow him and he, he heads into engineering. You see him go in there and you walk in behind him. And he grabs just a gigantic wrench. And he goes and he takes two or three big swings with it. And then looks back over at you and just runs at you. And so you're going to need to pull a... (laughs) Oh, Brian's pretty weak. And let's just say Mr. Roger Garfield's knocked a few heads in. So you're going to need a three-card pull to try and fight off the captain. He had to hold on for eight more minutes. Alright, that's a queen, so that's another card. Four to oh, survive. Seven. Okay, but here, I'm really worried about this deck right now because it is getting smaller <laughs> and smaller. Where is the Joker? <laughs> this is a nightmare. Um, okay, so you managed to pull those things out there and you're just ducking and dodging and diving. And as the captain goes for his last swing... You do see an opening, and it's as if all of the comic books that Brian has read throughout his life just culminate in one moment. He says, I see it! <laughs> and he sees the perfect leg sweep, and he goes and pulls it off, and he doesn't even think he was going to have the strength to do it, but somehow he has the muscle memory to get him through it, and he sweeps his leg, and the captain falls backwards as the wrench kind of gets behind him, and as he falls down, his spine is snapped on the wrench catching behind him and he just lays there now motionless. Oh. Um, the Capitan went crazy. Is there a computer in the cargo hold? Um, yeah, like there's a, there's a place you usually use it for mostly, you know, like bookkeeping of what's in the cargo hold, but it does give you root access just like most monitors. Okay. Uh, Brian is definitely going to run into the cargo hold to hide because he doesn't know what to do. And if the captain's lost it, anyone can lose it. But he still wants to be near a computer for when that message comes in. So Brian's going to go hide in there. Okay. So you you run off, and anyone else got any brilliant ideas? Um, 
Frank is going to go back to where Nick was and try to find the 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 like the sensor to like reroute the power to the escape pod bay. Like he's just going to try to do it himself. He's hard focused on that. That's well, he doesn't know that Nick's dead. <laughs> oh, none of, none of us know Nick's dead. Mm-hmm. I'm the only Wait, one who knows the captain's dead. <laughs> yeah, I might have said Brian. I meant Frank. I'm Frank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So you are going to where Nick is there. Okay, yeah. so yeah, you, you crawl back down as Nick, and the whole time you're caught out, like, Nick, where are you, kind of thing. And as you come by him, you manage to knock into a foot, and you look, and you see, like, a little twitch in his finger. But as far as you can see outside of that, he is completely catatonic. There isn't any major response <laughs> that you see there. Frank's still going to grab him by, like, the shirt collar and be like, which one's the escape pod? <laughs> as you... Come on! As you're shaking him, you get no response. At this point, he is just completely gone. He was holding on for a little bit, but it was... He was gone at the moment that that vacuum got opened up onto him. Um, and some drool kind of falls out of his mouth, but outside of that, his head falling limply, there's no response. Frank would very unceremoniously, like, shove him off to the side and look for any sort of sign of where the proper, like, sensors mm. are. So you do see a big panel um, of all the things for you, and they're relatively well-labeled. This stuff is somewhat similar. You have some idea of what you're doing, and as you're looking at that, you do hear over the radio, six minutes, 25 seconds, and you start doing what you believe is the process that will get you to what you need to do. And as you start getting into work, we'll cut off to anyone else that needs a little bit of spotlight. Brian is sitting Uh... in the corner. Doing nothing at the moment, so. Yep. Max would like to go to the mess hall and break out the celebratory bottle of whiskey that they brought for after the job was done, and just uh, start drinking mm-hmm. it. I can dig that. Are you going to call the crew to come and share? Is it just a drink for yourself? No, I'm just drinking. Nice. It. Okay, so you all are sitting off in your separate spaces. Um, I'm, I'm going to assume that at the moment that Brian will probably sit there until he gets his message, and oh, yeah. um, Max is just going to be drinking for the next little while. Okay. <laughs> yep. So we're... Freaking donkeys. <laughs> we'll cut back to um, Frank, and he is working it out, and he, he just... he It clicks to him. He's like, oh, crap. I remember that one class I took. What are the odds that this is the wiring diagram I learned? And he starts slamming it. It all comes together. It's beautiful. It's perfect. You get it all routed, and you really do believe that when you go and hit that button, that door is going to open. And he runs back there as quick as possible. Sounds good. Um, so you start heading towards your pod. You open it up. You hop in. You get it all typed in. And just as you're about to hit the door open, we're going to cut back to Brian. And his message no. pops up, blinks up, and it's just the most brilliant moment he has ever felt in his life. This is all of the hope. He needed, and he hits play, and what rolls up is just the best Baconator commercial you have ever seen. It looks so delicious, so juicy, everything you ever wanted, and you realize what you had sent a message to was just a really stupid advertising drone that likely had launched itself out of orbit from Earth and started coming towards your direction. You know what the worst part of this is? And I know we're on a timer, but Baconators always look good and they never are. <laughs> Absolutely. Brian, Brian gets up and slowly walks towards the emergency airlock. 
<laughs> okay, so as we are, you were starting to walk that way, we're going to cut back to um, Frank in his ship, and I'm assuming he's trying to get himself out of there. Yeah, he's like, F this. Those guys had their chance, mm-hmm. and he slams the button to close the door and launch. Okay, yeah, so he hits it. It does dawn on him for a second. He's like, I'm a little light on food. I could have grabbed something, but it's too late now as it activates the door. Opens up, and again, just as if that better than that message could have ever been to Brian, you feel that elation of, yes, I have done it, I'm going, and the ship blasts you out, and you start just careening in the straightforward direction. You don't really know exactly where you have sent yourself to go, Yes, you, it does not have nearly the range to get you anywhere substantial, but you are off of the ship and heading out. It has an SOS on board, I know it does. Mm-hmm. You just caused the second alien movie. Mm-hmm. I hope you're, you're happy with yourself. Um, isn't, isn't that like everybody's favorite? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Except the people <laughs> in it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I will if I survive. Um, so as you are flying away, you notice that the timer has stopped ticking for your thing. But as you start to mess with some of the systems, it does seem since you've disconnected from the ship when lots of things were locked down, you are still locked out of a substantial amount of operation on your pod you're able to fly it guide it those kind of thing but you do not have comms you do not have um any sort of sos or anything like that you are free flying into space do i at least have piloting skills to know which way is earth um yeah you could probably point yourself in that direction and hope that for somehow you managed to make the two-month trip in this tiny pod i mean before you run out of air food or water Mm -hmm. You know what? It's still a better fate than blowing up. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> is it? Is yeah, it? Actually, I questioned that. So as you, anyways, you you guys are running out of time. Yeah, we now have one minute until the alarms go off. We see Max still sitting there having a drink. Is he doing anything else in his last moments? I don't. I'm out of big ideas. The venting didn't work. The the aerosol germ killer didn't work. That's fair. So then. I'm going to cut back. I just slowly walk over to life support to just ironically sit next to life support <laughs> while the ship is going to blow me up. Nice. So you managed to find you know, a... hope that something smart comes to my mind. You managed to find a nice little spot. You nestle yourself in between some computers and you're sitting there drinking your drink, just seeing what'll come up to you. Um, we'll cut to Brian again as he's walking towards the airlock. Um we're just going to cut this last minute that I have left on the timer to we're now out to, you know, the 22nd range. And you are starting to hear the countdown as he's walking towards the airlock and you get 20, 19, 18. What does he, does he keep moving towards the airlock? Brian, Brian keeps walking. He moves into the airlock. He takes off of his helmet, but, uh, it's still wired into comms and, uh, says everyone. It's been an honor serving with you. Max, you were always good to me. Nick, not Nick. You were always my favorite. Frank, three of your children are mine. And as he walks in, (laughs) he hits the button for the airlock to open it. I had a small flash of idea, though. There's only 20 seconds left, but could I run to the captain's corpse and see if he has some kind of, like, override emergency button you don't know he's dead well i'm assuming you would have told me at some point 
I didn't tell anyone. Radio. I was in a panic. Um, I think that it's reasonable enough that you guys should be able to tell where everyone is on the ship, so you wouldn't know the captain is dead, but you did know that he's been spending, like, he, you can quickly, very quickly find out he's in engineering and head towards that direction if you wanted to. Yeah, just the last ditch searches pockets to see if there's some kind of override or, like, total system shutdown. Okay, so yeah, you, you start running that... Di- the big red button. Yeah, you start running that direction as you're doing it. Um... Poor, poor Brian takes his <laughs> final breaths as he drifts out into space. It's not as violent as a lot of movies make it look like going out into a vacuum. It's it's cold, it's quick, it's not probably fun, but not maybe the worst way to go. And he has last beautiful moments of seeing his favorite things, his family, his three kids that he didn't have to raise or pay any money for because he got frank with that one. And he, yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, and he expires. As that's happening, you hear five, four, and you manage to rip over the captain's body and you are digging through anything. And as you hear one, you don't manage to find anything and you hear zero <laughs> and nothing happens. The ship sits there silently for a moment and another robotic voice comes over the voice does it seems to be programmed into the system so it also comes over on frank's pod um it says thank you for your participation in our viral contamination test protocol your performance is being graded and will be sent to your supervisors for review normal functions have been restored to all systems safe travels and as frank tries to start messing with things he realizes that they haven't been restored for his console. It seems to be the ship itself has received its oh, normal man. function. I could probably pilot Easy it there, back. Vault Tech. Oh, I just said that. Uh, I was just saying that. Like, I'm sure I could pilot my way back. Um, yeah, like you're heading there, but as far as you know, there's no way for like you to ever like get back to the ship. Like, you can't find it. You don't have like you have basic flight and stuff like that, but you can't really like start tracking other ships or that kind of stuff. It's just another thing, part of the viral <laughs> protocol. They would never want you to find anyone else. Well, I would just start essentially like laughing maniacally at the state that I'm left in alone on the ship. Everybody dead and gone. Yo, I'm pretty <laughs> sure this, the rest of that whiskey. I'm pretty sure this whole thing would be like, outlawed after like the stanford prison <laughs> experiment you know this is this serious is... vault tech yeah serious like... vault tech i like it actually yeah so as a little quick cut back while you guys were all busy with the lights being turned off there was a system reboot and when the system rebooted yeah. uh, one of the test protocols for whatever reason got reactivated and this is something that you don't even activate when you're in space this is done when they're building the ship and just testing everything out and you guys happen to well you guys didn't happen to the reset just happened to you know come from that moment there next thing you know you guys think you're about to die those turns out nick was right yeah yes nick was on the closest thing he would have never gotten anywhere being so focused on the sensors (laughs) and the amount that there was but he knew the general rightness that it was just something off there so each of us had a character trait mine was ego but like i don't have an ego but i'll do whatever i can to survive so i may have had the worst ending other than maybe nick and the captain and well actually also <laughs> brian kind of got shafted too but Dude, we all had a bad ending i'm hey, alone man. on this ship i can't pilot it half of it's like yeah no it's not not going good that's fair that's fair i would believe that the way that the story would end at this is yes we have lost four of the crew but somehow 
just somehow Nick manage or not Nick, um, Max manages to port or get himself home and now becomes a millionaire because he does not have to split the cut. <laughs> Slash, he also has all the food and could send out an SOS and still survive. An insane oh, post-traumatic man. stress. So, so Jaden, you just went through the deck and the Joker was so close to the end. Mm-hmm, yep, that was... Mine, uh, my trait was... Um, like six from the bottom. Jeez, that's a bad <laughs> shuffle. <laughs> my trait on the thing was uh, basically willing to like sacrifice myself or others for like saving more people. That's why mm. I was didn't want you to do the lifeboat thing because I was like, well, it's a bad virus we can't let it get out and like infect the next station no that makes sense that's that's pretty dope happy that that's the end of it guys um if we want to yeah that's cool get into spoiler content if you guys had pushed it to the last level the extractor guy just would have died i just had it that it would when he was coming up it would (laughs) a giant whip would work its way up the extractor it would slam the cab into the ship and as it slammed back down to the end of it it would just pop and he would fall into the space of Jupiter. Nice. Yeah. That's I'm cool. glad that didn't happen. Yeah, I think that would have been uh, awesome, though. I wish you guys would have pushed it. What if we lit the alcohol on fire? Oh, you guys all would have died. There is no way I could have. That's yeah. the only way for you guys to all die in this, guaranteed, is if you had done that. Yeah. It would have just so, been a, the ship would have been a big pipe. Oh, it would have been bad. If Jaden had told us that the, the suits were fireproof i was going to light the match and <laughs> i couldn't remember if everybody had one on but that was a sacrifice frank was willing to make Jeez, yeah i feel like <laughs> i just don't think that anything could withstand that much fire for any reasonable amount of time because even if it's fireproof you guys would cook in that tiny oven for quite yeah. a and big we're way pumping pure oxygen basically into the atmosphere <laughs> it would be gnarly it's true no this was really cool um I don't know, like, I know we're not doing a full-on review here, but because it's based on a deck of cards and the rules are fairly simple, right? If it's a face card, you draw another. If it's an ace, you get to hold it or use it against someone. If it's a joker, you're dead. Anything else, you survive. I think anybody could play this. Oh, absolutely. It's good for, like, choose-your-own-adventure-style story like this, mm-hmm. where we weren't really fighting, but we had to see if our decisions were going to, like, do anything good or mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Or, like, you know what, if you're going camping and you don't want to bring, like, a whole set of, like, D&D books. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super Absolutely. I love the one-page system. That might be my only thing I actually really want to DM anymore. Because, like, I don't have to learn all of these rules. I'll have my one system that I know, and then everything else I run will be one-page systems. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought it was deadly. The only issue is that, yeah, you guys ended up pulling the Joker right at the end. But I feel like if I had done, like, a monster moment where there was actually something trying to kill you guys there would have been a lot more card pulls a lot more moments for things to get intense but i like the idea of not having anything for you guys to actually worry about totally cool yeah that's how you let them know there's something wrong without letting them know that they know that they know right (laughs) (laughs) awesome yeah i think that's that guys i mean Unless anyone else has anything else to say, that's that's it. This is my exit speech. It's extra long. Sorry, everybody, for having to listen through all of that. Um, thank you for my parents for raising me and getting me to this point. Um, I wouldn't be here without all of the people that have supported me throughout the years, and especially Nesquik, <laughs> even though I rarely drink it. That's the real MVP right there. 
So good night, everybody. I hope that this was a great experience for you. And I love you all. <laughs>